Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Kant, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Guest Familiar Purpose and Create a Life of Joy. And every week we have beautiful, beautiful people coming on the show, sharing their wisdom with us. And before we get to our introductions, though, if you're new to my channel, I'd love for you to hit the subscribe button if you are on YouTube. And then also, if you haven't gotten any gifts from me, I'd love to give you my free gift, which is the Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide, the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, positivity, and personal power. And you can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com. Now, today I have with me one of my soul sisters, Rebecca Hogan. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about her and what we're going to talk about today. So, she's the visionary founder of Margavita Coaching and Consulting. Um, she's not your average self-mastery coach. We're going to be talking about self-mastery today. She's a transformative guide who blends science, energy, and a touch of magic, which we love here at the Academy of Light Medicine, to help you ignite your personal power. With a rich background in neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, psychosensory techniques like having Rebecca offers a holistic approach to self-mastery and personal transformation. But don't let her scientific prowess fool you. Rebecca is deeply spiritual and believes that self-love is the cornerstone of compassion, abundance, and a life lived on your own terms. She's here to guide you on a journey that transcends the ordinary, revealing how you can bridge the gap between science and success to live a life of impact, ease, and abundance. So you're ready to unlock the secrets to a high vibrational life and find Finally, leave your life at a 10, then you're really going to love this. And uh, by the way, Rebecca and I met each other at the Consciousness Conference in San Diego in uh, early 2023. And uh, it was just like, wow, soul sister. <laughs> this is really great. And it's actually been a while since we've connected. So welcome, Rebecca, to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. We're going to talk about mastering the self, the science and magic of high vibrational living and uh just you know maybe take a moment and share with us your history because not everybody you know is the age of two and decides well i'm going to be a hypnotherapist and i'm going to do this and this and this so how did that yeah. all work out yeah, that was not my story um you know i spent i spent uh, you know probably the first 15 20 years of my life i believed in magic right i believed that we could achieve anything that we wanted to. I believe that if I thought about something enough, I didn't know, I wasn't familiar with the term of manifesting at that point, but I knew if I visioned something long enough, I could make it happen. And then, you know, adulthood entered in and I started doing all the things that were expected of me, all the things that everybody said create success. Whenever I was 41, my kids were applying for college and they couldn't figure out what they wanted to do. And they were so worried about like, you know, making the wrong choice. What, what if I, I don't know what I want to do. And I was like, I'm 41 and I have no clue what I want to do for the rest of my life. Are you kidding me? I've been spending the last, it, it really made me realize I had been spending the last 20 years of my life doing everything for everybody else. And I had lost myself. And so that was the beginning of the journey. You know, I ran businesses. I worked in male dominated industries, constantly doing that, proving yourself, overworking, you know, overpleasing, needing to take care of everybody. And I was just exhausted. Um, I had spent, you know, those 20 years numbing my emotions with alcohol because I, I didn't want to admit that I didn't like my life. And so, um, so the first step was to stop drinking just so that I could be vulnerable enough to know how I felt. I was seriously ready to just run away from my life. And um, I remembered my dad had told me once whenever I was like 18 or something, he told me, he said, you know, the thing is, Rebecca, that if you don't change yourself, you're just going to be trading faces and names and you're going to wind up in the same situation over and over again. And so as I sat there, like ready, like literally searching Zillow, figuring out like, what could, where could I go? What could I rent? I was like, maybe Airbnb, I could, could go to Europe for a couple of months on what's in my bank account. And I'll just figure out how to reinvent myself then. And I remembered my dad said that. And I thought, well, if I don't change myself, then I'll just be going right into another situation just like this. And the truth was, is that I knew my husband loved me. I was in a great relationship where I was totally supported. I just didn't know my boundaries. I didn't know what I wanted. 
So I went on a journey of self-mastery, um, which at the time I had no clue what that was. It was my midlife crisis, if we're honest. <laughs> and it turned into an awakening. And it was through a very intuitive process. I didn't go out and seek coaches. I didn't start reading a million books. I just started going inward. And I started doing that thing I did whenever I was 15, it, envisioning what it would look like if I had what I wanted, if I, if I acted the way that I wanted to feel. And it was one of those things where one day you wake up and you know I'm daydreaming about who I want to be. And one day I wake up and realize I am her. And that was such an empowering moment, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so when you kind of realized that you had become your um, dream. Yeah, it was, it was probably like about, you know, in between six months and a year. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't living the exact life, but I felt like yeah. her yeah. and I was her inside. She was me the whole time. I just wasn't allowing myself to connect with that. And so this led me to, um, I found neuro-linguistic programming. It was a funny thing because uh, COVID happened and the kids got sent home from school. They were all upset about missing their friends and everything. And I had offered to pay for them to go to a training, like to do any type of school, like uh, study anything that they might've ever wanted to study. If you want to study magic, if you, I don't care. Just do something with the time. We're so blessed that, okay, fine. Find the silver lining. We've got all this extra time. So I said, any course you want, I'll pay for it. I just want you to sit and have lunch with me. And I'll even pay you to tell me what you learned about it. They didn't take me up on it. So I no. thought I would leave my example. I know. I know. I was like, I wish my parents would have paid me. Seriously? Later. Magic? <laughs> oh, man. I know. I know. And so, so I decided, well, I'll lead by example. And so I went on, um, you know, one of those online platforms and I was looking up, I thought I was going to look up how to make apps. So I was looking up programming and then all of a sudden I found neuro linguistic programming. There was like neuro brain. I'm like, what? We can program our brains. Like, are you kidding me? So, so then I started studying it. And the beauty was, is that it actually put language, words, and science around the entire process I went through intuitively. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just me, right? right? This is something that's available to everybody. And that's whenever I decided, oh my gosh, the whole world needs to know about neuro-linguistic programming. And that put me on my path of really diving deep into all of the science behind it. And um, at the time, I didn't know I was going towards self-mastery. I didn't even, the concept did not exist for me. Um, but really, that's, that is the goal. Because when we think about what self-mastery is, it's the ability to understand and control our thoughts, our emotions, our behavior, our habits, so that we can get the results that we want out of life, mm -hmm. right? It's how we can optimize ourselves. And so I have like be the captain of your own ship, your soul destiny, right? To yes. have that impact yes. instead of life just happening to us. Right. Mm. Right. We're we are the creators of our life. And so to to find that place of inner peace where you actually are in flow because you have control over your thoughts, because our thoughts create our emotions, our emotions create our behaviors our behaviors turn into our habits and our habits create our reality, right? Yeah, so a lot of people get stuck in that one place where they're like, well, wait a second, I have terrible thoughts, right? Uh, they'll, right. they'll say that to me, they'll have, I have terrible thoughts, I have very negative thoughts, how do I control my thoughts? And then they get really anxious that they can't control mm -hmm. their thoughts. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, because um, these are, we have what we call um, our, you, your audience, I know, Karen, you're very familiar with um, the higher self, right? The spiritual self. Um, we also have our conscious mind, which is our awareness, right? Our logical thinking mind, our awareness. Um, that's the side of us that says, oh, I have these thoughts that I can't control. And I know I shouldn't be saying this, but I'm still saying it. 
And I don't want to say it, but it keeps happening. And so in between those two, we have our unconscious mind. And this is the part of our brain that is the autopilot. This mm. is like a, the computer program. It's like an operating system in our brain. It's the one that's like what we say hardwired that is running all of those thoughts mm. based on our past, right? It's based on it's based on from the time we were born, most of these programs were installed by the time we were eight years old of what things mean. And it's the meaning that we give things that turns into our thoughts, that turn into the emotions, that turn uh -huh. into the behavior. And, and so it's going back and doing the work at the unconscious level to release the meaning. And so we, we need to go... I, I, I say all the time, you're going to keep getting the lesson until you get the learning. Right? Oh yeah. Because yep. when I we get the learning, thing. yes, when <laughs> we get the learning, we allow ourselves, it's basically like um, wiping out a belief, right? Yep. Because it's the belief that actually holds us hostage to the old behavior that we don't want the self-talk that, you know, all of the things that doesn't feel good in our body. And so it's, I'm, I'm going to, just spoiler alert, okay? <laughs> the, the number one key to self-mastery is actually being fluid and flexible in your beliefs. It's I love that. Yeah. Yes, I love that. I love that because I'm very much into mastery. And I just, over time, and especially recently, with all the shenanigans going on in the world too, it's like, I often will say, you know what? I'm okay with changing my mind. And I will also yeah. say my current understanding is this, but that might change tomorrow with new information. So I love that you just said about this flexibility because I was, as growing up, I was the most inflexible person I knew. If you said you were coming to my ballet recital and you didn't, I would have like a breakdown because you said you were coming, right? I was like super, super inflexible. And then now I'm almost like the other way. It's like, well, kind of depends. Like, you know, does it serve people? Doesn't it serve people? Maybe I'll think of this and then the, tomorrow might be different. So that's fascinating. So thank you for saying that. I feel good. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and that's the thing. It's because it's our belief that creates the judgment. And so yeah. you talk about the shenanigans in the world, right? And right now that can feel really bad in our body if we allow it to, right? right. It doesn't feel good whenever, like, I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. Right. I, I read so that I can understand what's going on in the world. I'll ask my husband, is there something new, some major crisis I need to be aware of? Um, but I want to operate in a vibration of love all of the time, right? Mm -hmm. And whenever you're constantly being bombarded by all of these things, it our judgment comes in and that's the autopilot. And that judgment comes in. And then whenever that judgment comes in, we start comparing ourselves to other people. We start saying what they're doing wrong, what they should be the doing resistance. differently. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. We create the resistance. And when we're creating resistance against anything, then that stops the flow of everything oh, else. Yes, right. Yes. Like the breaks, and, you know, yeah. a lot of friction. And so, so yeah. So if we can, just suspend the belief for a minute because I don't want to be right at the sake of feeling bad in my body, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, I that's would a, rather that's be wrong and feel good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, well, there's a saying from, uh, and he was an NLP guy too, T.R. Becker used to say, you know, uh, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Yeah, and that really struck me. Exactly. I was like, hmm, sometimes I want to be right. <laughs> and that's natural and that's natural because as we understand how our unconscious mind works the main purpose is to keep us safe right, right? so right. there's there's our definition of safe and so how we were raised will strongly influence mm. what we need to feel to be safe and sometimes that's right yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that right part is, is a, is a tough one, like dealing with some, you know, old family stuff about, well, 
you're right or I'm right, you're wrong, you know, and all this polarizing stuff. And so the judgments, you know, slip out of my mouth. <laughs> right? And then, you know, luckily I have the wherewithal to go, hmm, yep, that was a judgment. <laughs> Uh, and, and work on it uh, more on the fly than it used to be, uh, you know. So certainly, I'm far from being perfectly non-judgmental. Um, so, but I have this desire to, because I know that, like, what you're saying is like, there's so much more peace when the the judgment. You're like, mm, you know, in the big picture, like if we consistently go, well, they're wrong, they're stupid, they're whatever, whatever, and we're this or that. It feels very harsh to me right now. It feels like a big block. It feels just not fluid and, and not flowy. And um, at the end of the day, being like that, um, I wasn't getting my way anyway. Exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't feel good. Nope. And I like- They don't like how it, how it feels for them either. <laughs> right. And, and the thing is, is that if you step back and if you were to pull yourself out of that interaction right then and you step back and you pull yourself out above it and you look at all of the scenarios and all of the possibilities in the world both people can be right and both people believe that they're right so who are we to tell the other person that they're wrong right you know yeah, like even, i think deepak chopra mentioned that about the you yeah. know people are doing the best they can from the level of consciousness they're at so you know, yeah, that's their right. And my right is different from their right. Yeah. And, and the, the resistance comes, the, the stop of flow, the disruption of energy comes whenever we feel that we need to impose our beliefs mm -hmm. onto other people that are resisting because you have that, you know, push, push, pull, you know, and whenever someone pushes against you, you know, you're like pushing back against yep. them. Natural. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's very natural reaction. I actually heard a story the other day I was in a training and we were talking about, that, you know, how, whenever something pushes against you, your natural reaction is to push back. And he said that um, the trainer said that he had a Buddhist monk in his audience and he was in the past and he was talking about this concept. And then, you know, he kind of paused for a second, talked about something else, and then went up to the Buddhist monk and said, put your hand up. And the guy put his hand up. And then the trainer pushed against the, the monk's hand and the monk pushed back. And as soon as he pushed back, he goes, oh, I knew I wasn't supposed to do that. <laughs> because he knew it was supposed to, you know, you just, right. you just diffuse you the energy whenever yeah. you don't push back. Yeah, yeah. It's I, we actually in uh, I'm a kung fu student, and we actually have a a little thing called push hands, right? And and you're the idea is we're standing close together, kind of in a horse stance, and we're we're pushing each other in various places. And the goal is to stay stable, but also fluid. So if somebody pushes, you're like letting the energy dissipate, and you stay stable, you stay upright. And then, you know, when it doesn't work well, you fall over. <laughs> the same kind exactly. of thing. Exactly. And, and that's the thing is that if you're too rigid, right, yeah. if you're too rigid, then you will fall over. I had um, a huge, you know, I'm, I'm constantly getting like, I'm just going to call them downloads, you know, they're awakenings, they're, yep. they're things that um, open your eyes up to new, new expansion of perspective. And I had been having a silly argument with my husband, you know, which we do these things. And um, I was so frustrated at him because I was like, why can't he just be positive? Why does he have to go straight to the worst case scenario every freaking time? And I, and I'm outside and I'm like, I'm fuming because I had been trying to diffuse, trying to diffuse, trying to diffuse. And he wasn't having any of it. And so now I'm just like, then I blew up and just said, I'm not taking your crappy energy. And now I'm in his crappy energy. And I go outside and I'm like, I'm going to journal on this. And so I start journaling and I'm looking at the palm trees outside and I'm looking at this one palm tree that is bent like towards the direction that the sun normally sets. And I was like, why can't people, why can't we? be more like the sun or like the palm tree, you know, leaning into the sun, the positive energy. 
Mm. And in that moment, as I'm thinking this, people just need to lean into the positive energy. And then I heard in my head that palm trees don't lean towards the sun. That's not why they're leaning. And I was like, hmm, what? So I Google, like, why are palm trees bent? And they said, well, you might think that they're leaning towards the sun, which all plants naturally do to some degree. However, the palm trees that are bent, they're bent because they don't resist the wind. So they're actually bent because they're leaning into the direction of the exact thing that can ruin them, right? So hurricane winds, palm trees withstand hurricane winds because rather than being rigid and pushing up against it, they lean into the direction that it's flowing and that flexibility is what allows them to thrive. Mm, I love that story. Oh, that is so cool. (laughs) That's when I realized like it's about leaning in. This is the true like in self-mastery when we can lean in when something doesn't feel good, rather than just saying, this is my truth and pushing against the other person's truth saying, okay, what lesson do I have to learn? What is, what is the gift here? Because it, emotions are just signals that something isn't in alignment in your life. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling an emotion that I don't like the way it feels in my body, that is a gift to lean into like that palm tree, right? I'm not going to be rigid and push against it because it can break me. Instead, yeah. I'm going to lean into it and see what the gift is because that's going to elevate my awareness and my perspective of life, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. It's um, I was very much in, in resistance of life throughout most of my life until you know very recently. <laughs> Um, because I just kept thinking there, there must be a right, there must be a way to do life. And, and of course, that was just that part of me that was just trying to keep me safe, like you said, to not be hurt. So if I did everything perfectly, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So if I did everything perfectly and didn't get in trouble, um, then everything would be fine, right? But I was miserable, <laughs> you know, trying to be yeah. this perfectionistic whatever, not allowing myself to make mistakes, not having any flexibility at all about anything, really. Um, And it's so true what you're saying about the judgments, the beliefs, you know, Um, you know, it really can be that part of us wanting to keep us safe, but at the same time, really ruining our lives (laughs) as well. Yeah, it's, it's actually, yeah. It is, it is the thing that we want to avoid the most that we think that we're trying to protect ourselves against that actually puts us in situations where it's self-fulfilling prophecies right Uh, and then it goes back it goes back to that energy thing right because if you're if you're not for it then you're against it and and you're putting the energy into the thing that you don't want which means that you're going to attract the thing that you don't want right the more you resist something the more energy and and attention you're putting into it resisting it i see it all the time with politics not really into politics but somebody will really hate a candidate right and they put so much energy into hating that candidate and making fun of it uh, or uh, my brother was doing this in, in Canada. He kept, uh, I won't say the politician, but he kept, you know, listening to YouTube after YouTube videos, making fun of this politician. And not once did he listen to anything to the guy he does like. I don't even know he does like anybody. But he get, kept listening to stuff that he, of this guy that he did not like and he couldn't stand. And they were all making fun of him. I'm like, dude, <laughs> like I felt like saying, dude, you're helping us manifest exactly what you don't want by paying so much attention to what you don't like. Well, and it goes even further than that, because if you look at that, you know, that resistance, right, if he's pushing, making fun of that, then that means that the person that likes that politician is going to get stronger in their defensiveness of the stance, right? They're going to become more rigid. So the more, the more you push, the more they're going to push. And that's where you get so far out of balance because now they're both so um so energized 
in their beliefs, right? That now the polarity between them becomes so far apart that they can't see the bridge between. Yes. Oh boy. Well, let's, you know, I mean, people say, okay, well, Rebecca, self-mastery sounds great. Um, so exactly how do I do that? <laughs> are, there, are there steps or what? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there, there definitely there's key components to it, right? And the first thing is, is to recognize what, what you want differently in your life. You, you recognize what's not working because awareness is the first key. Because if you're not aware, then you don't think that you have a problem, right? Mm. And our unconscious mind wanting to keep us safe, we have comfort in our discomfort because it's what our unconscious mind knows. Yeah. And, and that's how it's operated for so long. So we actually have to be very uncomfortable in our discomfort to want to make the change. So that's wow. the first step, right? Wow, we have to create awareness. the dissonance. Yeah, and, and to create the dissonance huh. because if, the, if you don't see the need, why would you do it? You, we've heard the saying our whole lives, mm -hmm. if it's not broken, don't fix it right? Yep. And so if you don't see how it's a problem in your life and you're not really aware of all of the ways that it's a problem, then there's no reason to put the energy into fixing it. Yeah. And your brain, your unconscious mind wants to keep you in that safe space because it also works off of the path of least resistance and lowest energy. Mm. So, so your unconscious mind wants to do what's easiest too. And yeah. so creating new habits, new beliefs, just the unknown, oh my gosh, right? Its job is to keep you safe. And so this idea of doing something new and something unknown is scary, right? It can't guarantee your safety. And right. so we have to get uncomfortable and then we have to vision what it would be like whenever we achieve what we want to achieve because now we give our unconscious mind the hope right we say no 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 we this is where we're at and look at how bad it could get if i stay here and then mm -hmm. we say but imagine if we had this mm. it's kind of like whenever you see something that you want like if you look at a new car whatever when you're driving your car you're fine you're like car's working fine whatever and then you go shopping and you just like decide to stop into the dealership and you test drive the new Tesla or what, whatever you test drive a new car. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, my car doesn't have that. Oh, my car doesn't have that. Ooh, these seats feel good. Oh, look at the, look at, you know, the distance, the range, the gas mileage, the this, that all of a sudden what you have is horrible, right? <laughs> and you have this vision of what you want now. And mm. this is how you decide, okay, this is when the, the, the decision starts happening that I need that new car. But the truth is, is you don't need the new car. You know, you don't, unless it's broken, unless it's draining you money and everything, but our brain works the same way whenever it comes right. to change. So that's, those are the first two steps. Okay. And then after that, we need to release negative emotions because our brain stores our memories in two ways. It stores our memory in a linear fashion, just on a timeline, right? And it also stores our memories by the emotions. So it says, oh, anger, put it in that pile. Anger, put it in that pile. Oh, sadness, we're going to put over here. And if we don't clear that out, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And so if you imagine, if you imagine all of that same emotion being strung like a, like a strand of pearls, yeah, right? Yes, like <laughs> right, a strand right. of pearls. Like you have the first event, it's just a tiny little bit of anger, not a big deal. Next time, maybe a little bit bigger, another small one, and then you have a really big one. And you keep adding them on if you don't release them after a while and knowing that things are passed down generationally through ourselves. We know science mm -hmm. teaches us this now. Yeah. And like, like trauma, you know, the energy of that is passed down in ourselves. 
we also know that just from the beliefs of our parents, it's passed down energetically in the thoughts and the beliefs. And some people believe in past lives, right? And so if you imagine your soul carrying all of this weight of so many generations of this emotion of anger, you don't have a little choker necklace that looks cute and dainty. You're, you're walking around with like, you know, a couple of pythons you have to round <laughs> your neck weighting you down, you know? And, and so the key is, is to take and go back to that first event that if you were to just cut that strand and all of those pearls just fell to the ground individually, each one would be easy to deal with. Right. And so now they no longer hold the collective charge Mm -hmm. all of them being tied together. Mm. So that's the first step, right? We just, we need to clear all of that out because it just makes it easier for us to look at individual things that really have affected us. I have created the beliefs, the judgment that create the thoughts that create the behaviors, right? So we do that. And then the next step is, is we need forgiveness because we hold on to things so much. And it's when we hold on to the, 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 the anger, those things against people, against ourselves, even in an individual way, even now that we've released the emotions from being tied together, it can still create resistance in us, right? Whenever we're still holding grudges. And so we forgive, we forgive other people. We forgive ourselves because we recognize that, as you said earlier, everybody is doing the best they can with the level of consciousness in which they're existing in that moment. And, and so if we recognize that, then we, and I'm sure you've heard, I've heard it a million times, forgiveness is a gift to ourselves, not to the other person. We're not saying that their behavior is okay. We're not saying it's right. We're saying that I release this connection of this resistance between the two of us. That's all. I just release the connection. I'm, which I'm really saying is I'm no longer letting you control my life. Yeah. That's what we're saying when we do forgiveness. So we do that. And then if we need to, then we can go in and we look at individual events that are still lingering that have created traumatic responses in our body. Um, our brain stores traumatic memories to keep us safe. This was great when we were, you know, being chased by mountain lions and we needed to know what it sounded like when they were coming up in the distance, what it smelled like, what, what it felt like, you know, we needed to know those things. Um, but today, the same way that our brain stored trauma, then our brain will store things that really aren't a threat it will mm. store it as trauma because um, wow, it's wow. perceived threats. It's perceived threats. So it could be a threat on your reputation and your yep. brain will store it as trauma. Yep. It's, it's anything that is significant to you that you have a fear that you're going to lose and you have no way to escape it. Your brain can store it as trauma. And that trauma is always sitting there on the surface, waiting for any sign of anything that remotely reminds your brain of this. And as soon as it sees it, feels it, hears it, smells it, tastes it, it pops up and puts you in fight, flight, or freeze, which immobilizes you, right? I mean, that takes you totally out of flow. That's when all the cortisol starts flowing. This is when we are no longer able to make good decisions. Right. Uh -huh. And the, problem, the, the scary part is, is that so many people live in this constant state of trauma. Oh, I was addicted to it. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I was absolutely addicted to that, that stress thing. I mean, that's how I ended up with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, because I was just addicted to that because it was like, well, my self-esteem, you talk, I know you teach and talk a lot about self-love, but my self-esteem was that I didn't really love myself fully because I don't, I wasn't perfect. <laughs> so yeah, so I, 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 you know, I, I judge myself and all these different things. And um, obviously, you know, I needed that experience to completely be sick 
in order for me to get to that point of awareness to forgive myself, to let go of judgment of myself. And um, yeah, and they say the rest is history. So um, very, very different. So many people are going through this right now. Yeah. 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 And so here's the good news is, so you said you needed to go through that to get to there. And that's because of where you were at in your level of consciousness in that right. time frame. Right? right. Absolutely. And here's the beautiful the part. If, oh, for sure. Everything happens for us. It, yeah. it abs, I'm, I am a firm believer myself that everything happens for us. And when we believe that, then we allow ourselves to get the learnings so that we don't continue to get the lessons, right? But I also want to say that we, when we understand that we don't have to hit rock bottom, we just have to let our brain think we're hitting rock bottom, we can actually lean in before we get to that point where we are so physically sick, when yeah. we are so physically exhausted. And and that's the beauty of understanding how our brain works and how it shows up in our body, how it turns into the energy in our body that allows us to do or not do what we want to be doing, right? Mm -hmm. So we don't have to go there anymore. As long as we are aware and we make the decision to want to change it. Um, so there's some great tools to get yeah, through. Yeah, I was talking about that, actually like release the trauma on the neuro neurological level. And that's the psychosensory techniques um, that are absolutely amazing. And it's basically like going in and erasing those triggers yeah. in your brain. Yeah. And it is such a sense of freedom when we do that. So, so right. So now awareness, bit uncomfortable, have the vision and then we release the negative emotions, we forgive, we get rid of the trauma, and now we design. This is the best part, right? Mm. So now that we've released all of that stuff, now we get to choose what are my beliefs? What are my values? Mm. And we reverse engineer it based on what we want our life to look like. Mm. So if I want my life to look like this, what do I have to believe in order for mm. it to look like that? What do I have to believe about myself? What yeah. do I have to believe about other people, right? right? And so we we redefine our values and beliefs, and that from so there cool. everything gets easy. Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Yeah, because you can't have a belief that I'm a victim if you want to create this other life of freedom. Mm -hmm. They're they're mutually exclusive. <laughs> so it's really that choosing of the belief. Go well, that doesn't serve me because it hasn't served me for X number of decades. So what do I yeah. need to believe in order to, to achieve this state of being? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, I know you've done some really neat work um, with, with groups and people, and maybe you can share your website and perhaps tell us a little bit about your app that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, so um, my website is markavita.com. And that is um, spelled M-A-R-K-A-H. V-I-D-A. So I'll give you a little bit of background on that. Um, the company was started, I chose that name because um, I, I got to that point whenever I was, you know, look, realizing that I wasn't living my life for myself. And I decided that, you know, we all have our own definition of success and we all need to live our life for ourselves. And when we do that, then we can be there for everybody else the way that we want to be. And uh, so Mark is a translation of the word brand. And then huh. Vita is the translation of life, right? So your life brand with a little bit of awe in it, right? <laughs> um, so that's Mark Avita. And, um, and I spell my name Rebecca with a K-A-H. And so it just made sense to me. It was a cute little twist. Um, so Mark Avita is is really about helping you define and live your life brand, right? Um, mm -hmm. Being true to yourself. And whenever you do that, you step into your own personal power and you are able to be the true creator of your life. Um, my app, yeah. So my app is a daily journaling app that has the, I call it the bookends. And so it's a way to start your day and finish your day to put your unconscious mind to work for you. So whenever we go back to that 
um, first part of the conversation when you were talking about people say like, I have these thoughts and I don't know how to not have these thoughts. This is one of the ways that we do that in, in their very, very simple journaling prompts that um, just redirect your attention for your unconscious mind. Because what I'll tell you about your unconscious mind is that it will prove you right. <laughs> so if you want to be, if, if you want something, if you, if you're like determined, that's never going to work, I promise you it's never going to work because your unconscious mind is going to prove you right. Yeah. And if you say, you know what, this is totally going to work. Your unconscious mind is going to prove you right because it's opening you up to a broader perspective to be able to see opportunities to make it work. Because, um, I'll tell you your, your conscious mind, we say is your goal setter. That's your logical thinking that says, this is what I want. Your unconscious mind is your goal getter. So uh -huh. your unconscious mind is going to go and prove you right. Okay. And awesome. so this is how the app works. And it's so simple. It's simple journaling um, prompts that just redirect your attention so that you don't have to do the work. Your unconscious mind is doing the work for you. Um, for, for, um, everybody that's listening, I just added a new program on it that is about balancing. So it's about balancing these, the polarities or the dichotomies, right? It's a meditation that will help you understand. Like, so if you're in judgment of something, if something's rubbing up against you and it's creating that negatively charged energy to how do you release that? How do you let go of the judgment and put those into a place where they become in alignment in a way that allows them to exist together without the negative energy charge? And so I just added that. So um, if whenever um, you download the app, if you use the invite code balance, it will give you access to that. Ooh, and so the app is the same. Crazy. It's just Marca Vita. Yeah. And Marca so I'm super excited. K-A-H-V-I-D-A. So that's how we, and so we look for it for on Google Play or Apple, right? And then if we use the code yes. balance, we'll have access to that portion of it yeah. as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an eight minute meditation. You know, there's a, there's an introduction to it and it's an eight minute meditation. And I will tell you, if you go through and do that for 30 days straight, if you do this meditation and you just choose different areas of your life that are out of balance, mm. where, you know, an example of one that I had for myself was around money. Money is a thing that comes up for a lot of people because money means safety for most people. Right. So right. money is something, Security. so money is something that comes up all the time. And for me, money was not mine. Oh. And I did this process because in, in there's a big long story, I won't go into it, but um, this had been showing up my entire life. Every time I would achieve something, I would receive something, I would either lose it, I would give it away, or I would invest, but I never enjoyed it as if it was mine. Mm. And so I had been living with this not mine, not mine, not mine. And the thing is, is for not mine to exist so strongly in me, it means that the opposite must also exist which would be mine, okay. right? And so I went in and this meditation will take you through taking these back up into creation to where they are actually one. And then how do you redefine them to bring them into your life where they are in balance with each other, mm -hmm. where they no longer have that negative charge. And so through this meditation, I came back with mine, and instead of not mine, I came back with available to me. Oh. And that was so powerful because it meant that, okay, if it wasn't sitting on this side with, of being truly mine, then that was okay because it's available to me so I can enjoy it. And oh. it also meant that if I wanted it to be in this hand, if I wanted it to be mine, all I had to do was go get it because it's available to me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is the work with the, the, this meditation will help people do to release those 
polarities where they're so far apart from each other, like those politicians, right? Mm -hmm. So far apart from each other. Um, so, so that's there. And I love that. And then I also lead um, retreats that really help people um, go through some of these processes of release so that they can get in touch with their higher self and um, just really have more sense of balance and inner peace in their life, learning these tools and just doing the, the releasing and the letting go. Oh, that's great. So do you mostly do group stuff or do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching or? No, I, I do. I do. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, the, the release work, you know, that, that process that I took you through, um, that is a one-on-one -on -one process because it's very intimate. It's very personalized to each person because there is not a one size fits all. There's, you know, these, there's so many programs out there these days that is like, here's the formula and that formula worked for that person that's selling the formula. And, and so, and it works for, and it might work for a large amount of people to a certain extent, but whenever we're really talking about the programs at the unconscious level, there's some work that we need to do on an individual basis and to do that releasing and letting go. And, um, so, so I do that private and then I do group coaching programs that, um, really help people. It's, it's that, that suspending belief it's helping them to loosen their grip on the beliefs so for people that aren't ready to deep dive into right. real like the major like transformation so the individual coaching is typically going to be like a 12 or 16 week meeting once a week um doing real deep dives real release work the um group coaching is for the people that aren't quite ready for that, but they want different results in their life. And so we go through processes to help them loosen their grip on their beliefs and start creating more change, more flow in their life, um, getting them prepared for doing that real deep level work. Oh, that's great. And for the app, just to be super clear with people, when they download the app from the Apple Store or the Google Play, what's the cost of any? Oh, it's it's free. It's always free. Um, I My personal mission in life is to normalize compassion. Mm. And I believe that we normalize compassion through self-love. We, we gain self-love when we stop judging ourselves, when we embrace gratitude, when we celebrate ourselves, when we recognize how we take care of ourselves, and we allow ourselves to feel good about taking care of ourselves, it starts changing those programs in our unconscious mind that then allow us to start loving ourselves, allowing ourselves to receive right believing that we are worthy of mm -hmm. all abundance in life um, so this will always be free because i want to make this accessible to the entire world mm, that's beautiful so markavita.com and also check out the apple app store and the google play store on the smartphone it's free there and can can you use this online on your personal computer or macbook Yes, yes, you can use it in a web browser. My website has a link to it right in the top menu bar, just as login to the Markavita app. You can get to it straight from there. I actually love, I use it myself. I've, I've shared that with you. I use it myself every morning and every night. Um, I originally designed it for me and, <laughs> and it created so much transformation for me that I was like, I wanna make this available to, to the world. Um, so, so it's there and I like using it. Um, the mornings, most of the time I'll do it from my cell phone. And in the evenings, whenever I'm shutting down my day, I wrap up my day with going ahead and closing out the app and mm. doing the journaling there because it sets me up for um, ending my day and setting my intentions for tomorrow. And then that means that it allows my brain to do my unconscious mind to do that moving around and that heavy lifting while I'm sleeping nice. so that when I wake up in the morning, I'm ready to go, right? This That's is how cool. we wake up with like 
just feeling energized in the morning is when we do it at night. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. And then uh, when do they put the code balance in? Is that when they try to log in or create an account in the app? Yep. Yep. You download you download the app, or if you go to the the um, link on the website, you'll just it'll ask you if you're going to log in or if you're new. You say I'm new, and then it will ask you if you have an invite ID, ah. and you just put in balance, and then you say log in, and then it will ask you for your name and your email address. Okay, perfect. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you so much for that gift. Uh, that is yeah. fantastic, Rebecca. Um, so you're also, I see on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, right? And that's the Marca Vita channels. Yeah. And they're all just Marca Vita. It's all the same across all of Korea. Yeah, that's really smart. Some Somebody didn't do that <laughs> because she ran out of, she ran out of words. Um, <laughs> uh, and did you have any like last, uh, you know, wisdom words for our audience before we close for today, Rebecca? Um, it's really goes back to that concept of how do you want to feel in your body and, and really allowing yourself to suspend or be flexible in your beliefs so that you can feel good in your body. Because when we feel good, when we are not resisting, that's whenever we allow flow and this is when we can have life that is abundant with ease. Mm -hmm. And so um, listen to your emotions, acknowledge them. Yes. And what do you need to let go of so that you can feel the way that you want to feel? Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being here today. Um, just love connecting with you and uh, love the work that you're doing in the world. So congrats. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on so much. I, I love our conversation. Yeah, same here. And we want to also thank all of our beautiful Light Medicine and Light Warrior community for tuning in. We'll put the links below where you can get the app and uh, the code and everything like that. So you'll have access to this beautiful, beautiful app that Rebecca has created. So without further ado, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Rebecca. Bye for now. Thank you. Till next time.